Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. And uh, it's been a hell of a week. Um, we say that every week now. I feel like. Well, for me, it's a, it's facts. It is facts for you. Yes. It's facts. It's facts. Um, so my husband said the funniest shit about you last night. Uh, what did he say? <laughs> I'm nervous. So um, I forget how it came up. But something came up about, I don't remember, but, um, oh, Harry Potter, Harry Potter came up, and so my eldest child, children, are both home for the summer. Right. So my eldest son was downstairs with us, and he brought up. I don't know, whatever the controversy is with the writer of Harry Potter, I don't know, she said, did something, people hate her, they're burning her books. Yes. And he was like, I don't understand. They already bought the books. She already has her money. So what is burning her book going to do to her? It Truly. So, anywho, that's how Harry Potter got brought up and why I brought up the text exchange we had about the TikTok Oh, that about- referenced Harry Potter. Got it. And you knowing me so well that you sent me the picture and me replying, oh, you know me so well that I would have no clue. And my husband goes, you know, me and Jessie are the same person. She's just the female version of me. <laughs> He goes, because, you know, every time she's at our house, she stops to watch whatever I'm watching on TV. And she's like, oh, I love this movie. And you're like, hey, we got to go back upstairs and finish recording the podcast. (laughs) And I go, so you're saying that my husband and my best friend are the same person? He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, that's really fucking weird. (laughs) Is it, though? Is it? Because, like, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Well, and then when you showed up at my house today and he was leaving to go to work and you said, <laughs> I, you just exchanged one wife for one, one work, work wife for, for another. another. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy fuck, they are the same person. We're the same person. Yeah, it's true. Well, and just a little bit more frame of reference. So Wakanda on the weekends are olive oil on uh, TikTok. Hilarious. Highly recommend following her. She's fucking great. Um, basically posted about some tea at Ulta that she overheard, which, oh, who doesn't love that? Oh, I love the drama. I love hearing other people's drama in a store. I will purposefully slow down my shopping trip to hear what the fuck they're saying. I'll be like, mm, what's, what's happening over here? And I'll just be like casually looking at a shampoo bottle, like side eyeing, you know, like what's happening. So anyway, she referred to the mandrake root as what one of the girls look like from Harry Potter. And those that are Harry Potter fans know exactly what that looks like. It's a scrunched face root. It looks 
ugly as hell, but cute in like this cute little ugly way. But the fact that she referred to her like that, I thought was hilarious. I knew Amanda wouldn't get that joke. She hadn't seen Harry Potter. Nope. And so I was like, here, here's the frame of reference for this specific joke. So, you know, what she's saying and it's funnier now. And you were like, dead. <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome. Hey, yeah. sometimes you just got to interpret, interpolate, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. You had knew I had no clue what that was. Well, it's like you interpolating for me and suddenly salad. You know, sometimes yeah. you just got to, with the yeah. assist. I mean, that's a generational thing. That's so, true. You know. That's true. But damn, suddenly salad is delicious. So, and then a whole nother TikTok thing happened with my husband. Oh my gosh. So, I'm ordering groceries, right? I order them online. I do curbside pickup. I do not step foot inside H-E-B because... Texans be fucking crazy in H-E-B. For real. The carts in the aisles. The you, kids be running around. Come on, y'all. Respect the H-E-B. Okay. I'm telling you this. I was in H-E-B. I had to go in because at the beginning of COVID, things were fucking crazy. There was no curbside slots. I've been doing curbside for three years before COVID, and none of you bitches want to do curbside. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden. Now, all of a sudden, I can't get a pickup slot. Right. And I need motherfucking bread? Fuck you. Okay, first of all, there ain't no goddamn bread on the shelf. This bitch is looking at every single loaf, trying to find the one with the least amount of carbs, her goddamn carts in the aisle. Everybody's trying not to get the Rona. I almost went postal. Yeah. It's like, now's not the time to worry about carbs, hon. Pick a piece of fucking bread and get the hell out Pick of the way. Pick the only loaf on the shelf. Yeah. So, this is why I do curbside pickup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I was ordering groceries. And my husband says, I saw this thing on TikTok where you can, I don't know, cut the top off the pineapple, beat it, roll it. Throw it on the ground, light it on fire. Then you can just pull the little piece out the side and that's how you're supposed to eat it. I look at this motherfucker and I say motherfucker with love because I'm absolutely dumbfounded at this point. And I go, why do you need to know that? He goes, I don't know. That's pretty cool. I kind of want to try it. I go, you want to try this? He goes, yeah. I go, I'm ordering groceries. Do you want me to buy a pineapple? He goes, could you? I go, yeah, I can. Y'all, he don't eat fucking pineapple. I'm actually really surprised that this TikTok trend took him, overtook him to the point where he was like, buy a pineapple. I'm actually surprised by this. I mean, I've also seen it and I was like, wait, what? No way. Doesn't eat pineapple. That is why you saw the fucking pineapple in my refrigerator. So, okay, so the question everyone's asking, thinking in their head is, does it actually work? He picked up the groceries yesterday while I was at work and tried it while I was at work. (laughs) I don't fucking know. I can't believe he tried it without you. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm the one that likes the pineapple. Bro. I'm the one that likes the pineapple. I just had pizza the other day with pineapple on it. Thursday night. He does this on Saturday and I'm at work. I don't, I don't know why he would do that. He should know better. I get home. There's the little piece is missing from the pineapple. And I said, 
bruh. What the hell? You already did this? And he goes, yeah. I wanted to see if it worked. Well, it looked like it did. Well, I said, well, did it work? And he goes, uh, I don't think like I rolled it hard enough on the counter. I don't know what that means because I've never seen this process. <laughs> he didn't show me the TikTok. He didn't wait for me to get home. I don't fucking know what this means. <laughs> From what I've seen, I only saw the end result. I didn't see how they got there, but it literally is that. You take the, like one of the spines on the side <laughs> and you pull out like the little hexagonal piece. And then there's supposed to be like pineapple on the, on the bottom of it. And you're holding it in your hand. You can eat it and then you throw away like the outside piece. From what I can tell, it looks like the pineapples that are used are like really, really ripe. So it's easy to pull out a spine. But dude, what the hell, man? You don't even wait. Oh, God dang it. Wow. Yeah. I was like, okay, got your pineapple, but you don't like pineapple. pineapple. So speaking of pineapple on pizza, do you like pineapple on pizza? That's a pretty controversial topic, and sorry, guys, we're going to go there. We're going there. I just said I had it on my pizza on Thursday night. Okay, and then you, we you bought- chose to have it on your pizza. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I like it. Yeah, that's three, our stance. Okay, three topping pizzas. I will get not ham, not the ham. Bacon. Ready for this, y'all? Grilled chicken. Oh, you're chicken on pizza? See, I'm a... I'm, can't do the chicken on pizza. Only if it's the grilled chicken, the pineapple, and the onion. Interesting. And with onion? Mm-hmm. Oh. And then if it's a two-topping, I'll do just the pineapple and the onion. Okay, that I can see. Ours is pineapple with bacon. Hmm. I see good. that, but it's a crapshoot depending on the pizza place and the type of bacon, bacon and how it is. So true. Domino's bacon is real ugh. Yeah, it's not... It's my pod hub's fave, so that's what we normally get. But um, well, no, I like Domino's pizza. Yeah, but yeah. the bacon is blech. yeah, the bacon. It's it's it, and it also depends on the store too. You know yeah. what they're vibing with that day. But that's interesting. That <laughs> there's this whole thing that happened that you appreciate, i.e., pineapple, and your husband knows this, and yet it's like, oh, <laughs> hey, I already did that thing. You don't need it. It's whatever. Moving on. Thanks. It's like he did a makeup tutorial without you, and he's walking out of the door with a fully like contoured face, and you're like, "You gonna say anything, or you're just gonna? This is just you now, or yeah. cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that sums up my marriage in a nutshell. Yeah. But yet, here in a week or is it this week? Uh, you tell me. I don't know what week are we on. Oh God, what day? Is I living in? I, I don't know. I mean, because... It's been my, my question the whole time here. Because, you know, last week it was our 21-year anniversary. Ah. Oh. So do you think maybe he was going to try out the pineapple? Maybe it's like a, you know, one of those like, hey, honey, after dinner, I got us something special. And then he does the pineapple a trick. No. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. So you're saying he's just... He's just the pot hubs. He's just doing yep. the do. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. He's like, I want to try this. I'm more brilliant. What's the secret to 21 years of marriage? Um, you just know who they are and you let them be who they are. That's phenomenal advice. 
He accepts me for me being high maintenance and bougie, even though we don't have um, a bougie bank account. <laughs> he reels me in, and sometimes he loosens it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's okay, you can get it this one time. And then he's like, oh, oh, wait, 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 hold up, hold uh-huh, up. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I know sometimes he, when he's speaking, I don't get all the information, so I can't get mad when I have to ask questions like, I'm sorry, what? What's going on? You want a pineapple? Why do you need a pineapple exactly? Oh my God. You always have the best stories. Or I can't get mad if I didn't ask the right questions to get all the information and then something happens I didn't have all the information. I know how he is. That's kind of me when I didn't... That's on you. Ask the right questions. Right. You're like, I should have known better. I should have asked a certain thing. Because that's happened when I'm like what the fuck is happening? And he's like, I told you. And I'm like, oh, you told me in your way, Mm -hmm. not my way. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good point. It's like knowing how they speak about certain things and where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. I think that's really one of the keys to any relationship was understanding how that other person's brain thinks about the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Pineapple's a perfect example. You would have gone... Here's the TikTok. Check it out. Uh-huh. I'm going to try it. Uh-huh. Let's go to the store together. Let's do this whole thing together. I might. He's like, hey, I'm going to try this thing. He tries the thing. And you're like, so what happened? <laughs> I'm like, you tried it without me? Yeah. And he's like, what? I told yeah. you I was going to try the thing. Yeah. And him not thinking, oh, maybe maybe Amanda wants to be a part of this experience. Yeah. It's on me for not saying oh, honey, please wait for me to get home from work to try it. Because you know him. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's that's a very good point. Yeah. Just like he doesn't get mad at me when I purchase things like this. <gasps> okay. Are we are we in Instagram corner again? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. okay. It's a black bag. It's like a little sealy bag. Is it food? No. <gasps> what is that? Is that a voodoo doll? Well, it looks like a voodoo doll, doesn't it? <laughs> Did but, you buy a voodoo doll from Instagram? No, it's not a voodoo doll per se. <gasps> oh my God. Fire is happening, y'all. It's the fans blowing out my fire. Hold on. It's an. Do you want me to say what it is? It is an incense. Takes these incense cones. The incense, an incense holder for those incense cones. Cones. Wow, that was really, really uh, Wisconsin of me. But. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And you push the cone in the back, but the smoke comes out the voodoo doll's eyes. Okay, that's freaking sick. Oh, it's making my little black heart so happy. And it's a cute little voodoo doll. He's got a cute little face. We'll post a photo. He's really cute. Have you named him? No. Mm. I'm going to think of a name while we podcast. So cute. Aw. So, do you want to say how much this set you back? If anyone is looking for a little place to put their... Um, oh, no. I just spilled all my cones. The incense cones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. What's what's that smell, by the way? I don't know which one it is. So it's nice. It comes with for my the voodoo doll, the voodoo incense cone holder. 
It you get the Voodoo incense cone holder, a hundred incense cones. Wow. In lavender, lily, peppermint, rosemary, orange, tea tree, lemongrass, apple, rose, and just lemon. Oh, that's nice. Those are some good flavors. And all those are like um, flavors. They have different effects. Like lavender, it has calming effects on the body. Yeah. Um, tea tree, it's my antimicrobial. Microbial? Yes, microbial. You know I can't read. Yep. Purifies air. Orange lifts mood. Appetite is apple. Oh, appetite control is apple? Interesting. Lemon promotes relaxation, relieves nausea. Yeah, yeah. So, all for the low, low cost of $19.99. Oh! You get the Voodoo Doll incense holder. Adorable. And 100 incense cones. Love it. Now... I actually bought this with a gift card, and I tr- and I wanted to get like the um, five day shipping or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't have enough money on my gift card, so I was like, "Well, shit!" So I didn't know how long it was going to take. I'm like, "It's going to take forever." It got here pretty fast. Did it really? So you may not need to spend a little extra for shipping. So out of five stars or or, or five uh, knives, I should say, how many are you going to give it? I am going to give her, because I... Think it's a her? Yeah, she has a pink heart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Six out of five (gasps) knives. Six out of five. That's pretty good. So, Mm -hmm. recommended. You heard it here first, Mm (laughs) y'all. No, it's not an ad. Just so you know. It is really not an ad. (laughs) This really just popped up on my Instagram feed, and I'm like... Holy fuck, this is so ugly, it's adorable. I, yeah. And the smoke comes out its eyes. I love it. If you're on our Patreon, you can see us with it on our little desk here. Now, granted, we have the fan on, so it's like blowing it all around, but I can see it coming out of its eye right there. Oh. And I did realize you bought stuff from Instagram before I ever did. Yes, I did. You want to know what I bought? The static nails. Oh, yes, I did. I got, um, well, I'm obsessed with finding my new nail art anyway on Instagram. Um, so, you know, I follow like OPI and SE, and then I started to follow like, you know, just hashtag nail designs or whatever. Um, but then obviously the algorithm's like, oh, you must want to buy nails. I'm like, well, of course I do. So static nails are like, you know, those press on nails. And for a hot minute there, pre-COVID pandemic, I was, you know, doing the every six weeks, go get your nails done, dip powder, all that stuff, which is fine. But it can take, first of all, it's a lot of money, you know, Mm -hmm. after a while. Then you got to sit there for two or three hours. Then you have to go, you know, like it can screw up your nails depending on the nail tech you get too. Mm -hmm. So Amanda, for a hot minute, well before, again, just like curbside pickup, had been on the the press-on game for way before me. Oh, I was buying mine at Walgreens though. Yeah, but even they were... I mean, I had no idea the designs you could get. In fact, every time I saw you, I'd compliment you on your nails. And you're like, girls, press on. Mm-hmm. I'm telling I'm like, you, press on. I glue these bitches on. Yep. And then saw the static, tried it out, hooked ever since. So ever since, in fact, I'm wearing them right. I'm wearing actually chill houses right now, by the way. Highly recommend them as well. Um, yeah. Now I just do the press on nails basically all the time, unless I'm going somewhere where I don't want them to pop off and then I will get them actually done done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I freaking love them. 
Well, you know, I was actually doing my own nails and I have a whole toolkit of nail stuff. Now you, yeah, you bought the actual, I'm sure ladies, um, gays and days out there as well have seen the, the cute, like you put the, the it's called poly gel. Yeah. You actually put the gel on your, into acrylic mm-hmm. under the UV light. Um, I was doing that. It was working out great, but I've tried to do it. Um, I did it again. Um, last week or the week before i can't remember but they're coming off now they're not staying on so i don't know if the gel the poly gel i have is um old and i need to buy new ones maybe it's expired yeah Mm -hmm, or something but they're not staying on it's pissing me off but when you first got it they look really good. Like you, you would come out and look like acrylic nails on your nails. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really I so again drill and awesome. everything. Like I have a nail salon downstairs. Yeah, yeah. So the nail game is strong in the pod <laughs> in in the podcasting world in this one. So yeah. Now I'm gonna have to do my nails before we go to the True Crime Podcast Festival. Yes, guys. We just bragged about it. We did. So we're gonna be in Dallas at the True Crime Podcast Festival in late August. If you're able to make it, we would love to see y'all there. We are still finalizing details for ourselves, so we'll let you know as they solidify. But um, yeah, we would love to see y'all there. Um, if you can't come, no worries. We're planning on some cool things possibly after to offer y'all. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see how our <laughs> work lives go and we'll go from there. Ugh, I don't yeah. want to talk about my work life. No. Instead, would you rather talk about murder? Yes, I'm so excited. You're gonna freaking die. Am I gonna shit myself? Yes, you are. Okay. I'm excited. Go. Everyone is gonna die. <laughs> so, Lee and Jackie were living in San Diego when they gave birth to their only child together. They had other children from previous relationship, a total of six, in fact. So they were like the modern day um, Brady Bunch. Do you know who they were? And I'm just talking about the new Brady Bunch movies. Do, do I know who the Brady Bunch was? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I used to watch the Brady Bunch all the time. Okay. I gotta move my little um, voodoo guy because the fan is blowing the smoke into my mouth. Into your mouth. <laughs> That's so gross. I'm sorry. Don't curse he's, me. He's intense. He's intense. She is. Oh, yeah. Flaming. Look at that. I'm telling you. Six out of ten. Five. I forgot the scale. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Okay. So, their little bundle of joy was born October 24th, 1972. Lee and Jackie raised their son in the burbs of San Diego. Um, He was a model student. He loved golf. Um, He graduated from the University of San Diego High School. And in 1990, he was one of the top junior golfers in San Diego and earned a partial scholarship to Arizona State University, where he only spent a semester there before coming home to... Quaesta College in San Luis Obispo. I'm trying to I'm trying to creep. I want to know who it is. No. <laughs> so here's a really fun fact about my guy. He was a classmate of pro golfer Phil Nicholson in high school and college until um, he got kicked off the golf team for giving another golfer a hangover after a night of partying. Oh come on, y'all! Golf is serious business. Golf. 
Are you kidding me? Take it from me, a, call, a previous golf uh, cart girl for a golf club. They're drunk, they're drunk as fuck through the whole thing. Not the pros, oh, bro. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Excuse me. So eventually he transferred to California Polytech State University where he majored in international business in the beginning, but then he later changed to architectural business and earned his bachelor's of science degree in June of 1998. I think I know who this is. Okay, keep going. So while he was at Polytech, he was working at um, the Pacific Cafe, a restaurant in Morrow Bay, where he met Lacey Denise Rocha, one of his coworkers' neighbors. She was a, also attending Polytech as a horticulture major. She, meet, she was immediately attracted to... Scott Lee Peterson. Oh my God! You're doing a big one! You're doing a big one. I am so proud of you. That's me clapping. So, I need a promise from you. What's that? You're not going to take over like you did not with Waco. No, no. I'm out. I'm not going to say anything. No, no. You. you can comment. Well, yeah. Because, trust me, I'll, I will do it all. <laughs> You're going to get to it all, Jesse. I will get to Shut it all. up. Just let, let me do my story my okay. way, okay. not your way. Because <laughs> I know how you feel about this. You know, I don't have any feelings one way or the other at this point. Believe it or not. I will get there. Okay. Just let me get there. I, I, hey, I'm leaving a stream today, baby. Take us. Take us on this journey. Okay. And she gave him her number. Lacey and Scott began dating soon after he called her, and on their first date, they went deep-sea diving where Lacey got seasick. In the beginning, Lacey seemed, um, it seemed Lacey was more into Scott than he was into her because she told her mom she would marry him someday. Well, he was more focused on his business studies and even putting aside golf. But despite that, after two years of dating, they began living together. Um, Lacey graduated in 1997, um, and the couple got married at a Sycamore Mineral at the Sycamore Mineral Springs Resort in San Luis Obispo County's Avila Valley. So after the wedding, Lacey began working in Prunedale while Scott finished up his degree. Yeah, Scott, you live off of her. Good job. So after Scott graduated, the couple opened a sports bar called The Shack in San Luis Obispo. And um, so I don't get it. He got a degree in agricultural business and she st studied horticulture. So a sports bar. That makes perfect sense. I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't. You ever maybe it's one of those ones where it's like, hey, it was open and available to buy. So like, hey, do you want to buy it? So we have like this other source of income while I'm finishing school. And it was working? after he graduated. Oh, it was after he graduated. Uh -huh. oh, who knows? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. So Scott's parents wouldn't invest in the restaurant because they thought it was a bad investment. Because restaurants are a bad investment. 100%. Take it from us who used to be servers. They're money pits and you have to be there 90 hours a week. Period. Yeah. Period. Probably more than that. Yep. But Scott, he was committed 100% to this venture, and he actually took a certification course in L.A. 
to be able to install the required vents because they couldn't find a technician to install it. So the restaurant actually began attracting a decent amount of customers, um, specifically on the weekends, um, but they had to sell it in 2000 because they decided they would move near La Loma Park to be closer to Lacey's hometown, to be closer to her family Mm -hmm. so they could start a family. Right, which I get, you know, th- grandma grandpa couldn't babysit if they need to go somewhere, school or whatever. Yeah. Or even like just to have like the support of family, raise mm-hmm. your children around family so they have like weekend barbecues, yeah. yada yada bullshit, normal. Very common. Normal. A lot of people do it. You know, functional family behavior. And honestly, everything up until now is very formal, uh, nor- like, I'm going to say normal, regular and functional. Like yes. everything seems like, okay, yeah. So Lacey started working as a substitute teacher while um, happily trying to be the perfect housewife. So, you know, nobody should ever have to happily try to be the perfect anything. No. Housewife, husband, wife, house husband, mother, father, nothing. That's, ugh. It's disgusting. Yeah, consider the time frame, too, (sighs) even in the early 2000s. It's only been until very recently have we even tried to challenge those norms. So it, it, I get it. So um, Scott, he got a job at Trade Corp USA. It was a newly funded um, subsidiary of a Spanish fertilizer company. And he was the West Coast representative. And he was making up to $5,000 a month before taxes. Damn. So, I mean, that ain't. That's not bad. No, that's not, not bad. Early 2000s money. Yeah, dude. yeah, that's not bad. Show me that money. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, this is sounding like the idyllic life. They're living in a cute little bungalow and the burbs after running what was seemed like a successful business. But Scott didn't feel like that. Um, And he didn't even feel like that while they were living in San Luis Obispo and running the restaurant. Because that's when he started having his side chicks. And he started having them shortly after getting married in 1997. Why get married? Yeah. That's always been my thing. Like, if you're going to do that, why? Yeah, I think it's it's because you're supposed to. We're, we're told. We were told. We are told. That's what you're supposed to do. College, family, kids, picket fence, retirement, death. That's what we're supposed to do. So it's common, especially because it seems like, okay, now... And now I have to have a baby. And now I have to, you know, just like the normal course of life, in quotes... That we're expected to live. That's why. Oh, and you're right. I agree. Like, if you want to date around, date around. Or if you want to be polyamorous, have that conversation with, with your wife. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, but don't do this crap. Yes, it makes me so angry. I just can't even. So, in 2002, Lacey became pregnant with their first baby, a little boy they planned to name Connor. Unfortunately, Scott was still being a giant piece of shit. And in November 2002, while Lacey was seven months pregnant, Scott began a relationship with Amber Fry. And I'm only saying her name because everyone knows who she is. Yeah, she 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 was she loved it, all of it, all of it. She loved all of it. So Amber is a mas- massage therapist from Fresno. And I wrote, I wonder if it started with a happy ending. Never know. Oh, I do. Um, No, a friend introduced them. What a great friend that is. 
Was Scott going around saying he was single? Well, because that's the thing is like, from what I understand, I know you're going to get here. She didn't know he was married. He at, told. At the beginning. Actually, he did tell Amber he was single. And then in December, so a month after he met her, he told her he, and I'm quoting here, lost his wife. Okay. So a couple of days after this declaration, Lacey was reported missing from their home on December 24th, 2002. Lacey was seven and a half months pregnant with Connor. Mm -hmm. So, no, Amber, Amber claims... He said he was single, mm-hmm. and then a month after she met him, he told her he lost his wife. Okay. But timeline is not looking good for you, Scott. Mm-mm. So, Scott told the investigators that Lacey had disappeared after leaving the house to walk their dog, and after he left to go fishing on his boat at the Berkeley Marina in Richmond. But the detectives found is inconsistencies in his story and were supposed by his, and I'm quoting, his calm, cold demeanor. Police were treating Scott as a suspect, um, but they didn't immediately take any action against him because Lacey's friends and families thought he were was innocent. Um, so they were like, well, all of her friends and all of her family are saying he would never do this, so we're not going to immediately arrest him or whatever. Right. I don't know how I feel about that because if I'm missing and the police think my husband did it, I, I really um, want you to press hard. You you would want them to. Yeah. yeah. I know it's, this, this is the hard part about being a, a family member of a victim is they're going to look at you first and it's extremely upsetting. You're already upset and then they're going to claim you did it. So obviously people are going to be defensive. Like, fuck you. I didn't do it, you know. But... You're right. That is the police's job is to go, look, unfortunately, more often than not, it does happen. The family member, a family member has done this. So we have to look at you first. So I I agree. I think that I just, but at the same time, I also know there are a lot of, we've heard this before. That person could have never done it and they don't look at that person. Instead, they do look at somebody else who does turn out to be the killer. So it's a good thing that that the family moved them away from the dad or the father yeah. or the whatever. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I know, I <laughs> know. just like... Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, I, I mean... Know. So, but then Scott sold Lacey's car. And so that's when the family thought, okay, this is fucking sus. Like, maybe he is trying to hide evidence. Like, mm. that's when that played a little seed of doubt in um, Lacey's family and friends' minds, like... Why would he do this? Yeah, that's that quickly after she went missing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's us to me. That's all I'm going to say about that. So Amber went to the police on January 17th, 20th. That date cannot be right. It has to be 2003. Um, after she learned Scott was actually married um, to the local woman that was missing. And... He was not single because he lost his wife. So she probably saw a news or something showing Scott as the husband of the local missing woman. And she put two and two together and went, this motherfucker ain't single. He didn't lose his wife. And so she went to the police and said, 
I'm dating that man. Yeah. And honestly, thank you. I mean, legit. Like, the fact that she was like, yeah, no, fuck that. Um, Here's everything you need to know, cops. Mm-hmm. So, and after that, Scott's numerous affairs started to come out. And that's when Lacey's family stopped supporting him. They were like, mm-mm. No, sir. No, sir. Not today. How can we stand here and call you innocent when you have not been faithful Mm -hmm. to my daughter, my sister, my, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, the police, that's when they started taping Scott's phone conversations with Amber with her consent, hoping that eventually Scott would confess to her. And I mean, it makes sense. Like, if he was going to confess to somebody. Yeah, it would be his mistress. Mm-hmm. You know, I did it to be with you. Yep. Whatever. Because men think with their penis and they do stupid ass shit like that. Yeah. So, and we have that, like, warning on our episodes, right? Yes. About shit potholes. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to do shit potholes. And also, if you don't know, this is obviously involves child death. Um, um, so if you don't know. So here's the shit pothole where you need to hit that skip ahead button. Yeah. And then you can come back. Yes. Are they gone? Okay. I think you're good. So then in April 2003, a late term male baby and a partial female torso without a head, feet and hands were recovered on Richmond Point Isabel Regional Shoreline. This is where Scott went boating in December. The bodies were of Lacey and Connor. The exact cause of death couldn't be determined, um, but it was determined that she suffered broken ribs before her death. So the police then were like, okay, we got to bring this guy back in. Mm -hmm. They're like, the math ain't mathin'. Yeah, they're like, okay, we need to talk to the husband a little bit more. Now that we have bodies, they're not just missing. They're now dead. She's dismembered. Somebody did this to her. And she didn't fall in the water. The fact that the baby was not in her. In her and was outside the body at seven and a half months is also of concern. So. And yeah. Yeah. They're like, okay, now we need to talk to Scott. Well, they found him in San Diego um, because they were worried about him fleeing to Mexico. And I personally think he was too cocky to run. I think he thought he was going to get away with it. But on April 18th, 2003, Scott was arrested near the La Jolla golf course. I mean, how fitting that the golfer was arrested near a golf course. I mean, was he trying to get a couple of holes in before? Um, so here's a little something Scott's dad once said about Scott's, Scott's golf career that I just was like, what the fuck? So he said Scott's golf career suffered as he was discouraged by Probable competition with Phil Mickelson at the state's level. So basically, Scott's dad was saying Scott's golf career suffered because he was always afraid he was going to be competing against Phil. Well, guess what, dude? Wee. Like, that's... It's a competitive sport. You're always going to be competing against, yeah, Wee. some other 
It's just part of it. <laughs> like, I mean, like, wouldn't you want to compete against the best? Absolutely. That way you could, like... See, first of all, say you have, and also see see how you compare and grow and, as well. And if you beat him, then that would make you the best. Exactly. And So that's not an it excuse. It pushes you to be the best. Me. Exactly. I literally typed, oh, what the fuck ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that, like kind of like puts you inside of like Scott's head a little bit like he didn't want to ever not be perfect and the best so he didn't want to compete against the best is that true or is that just what his dad thought he said that it was a statement Scott's golf career suffered as he was discouraged by probable competition with Phil Mickelson. Okay, so he told his dad that, essentially. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. So, Scott claimed he was meeting with his family down, you know, by the golf course. Yep. But, it's real strange. His hair had been dyed blonde, cut, and his car was full of stuff, including survival kits, cash, and... His brother's passport. Yep. I mean, that's what I take with me when I go to meet family. Yeah, a whole new look and identity and also my brother's passport. It's just in case. Um, super chill. My family is being super dicks that day. Yeah. I can be incognito and be like, I'm out. And you don't see me. Flee the country mm-hmm. from your family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, April 23rd, 2003, Scott was charged with first-degree murder of Lacey, second-degree murder, and second-degree murder of Connor. Scott pled not guilty and hired celebrity attorney Mark Garagos. So, here's some of Mark's notable clients, in case that name doesn't ring a bell with any of you. Chris Brown, Andy Dick, Nate Dogg, Usher Raymond, Nicole Ritchie. And Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a great group to be in. Although Nicole Richie, what was she brought in on? DUI. Oh, okay. I, I didn't remember that one. Okay. Things she didn't beat that, anyone is what you're saying. <laughs> Thank <things> God. That, <laughs> things that are taking up space in my brain that could be used for much more useful right? information. You're literally like, I have the mugshot. Of Lindsay Lohan stuck in my head, yet somehow I can't remember what day it is. Great. Yeah. 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 I get it. Uh huh. So that was his attorney. In the forensic searches of the Peterson home, um, the warehouse where the, I believe the boat was, the pickup truck, and the boat itself, the FBI and police only found a single thread of hair in a pair of pliers on the boat as evidence. Okay. Who did the hair belong to? Lacey. Okay. I just want to say this. How could there be only one strand of Lacey's hair in all of those places? That is my question as well. About this whole thing. Keep going. I'm going to reserve what I think till the end. I know. You're holding it back. And I appreciate it because I know you want to take over so bad. I'm getting there to (laughs) all of it. I've got... I've got stuff. Please. I should have warned you this might be a two-part episode. No, we're going to make you hold tight for all of it. So, the only motive Scott seemed to have for killing Lacey would be his affair with Amber. Oh, 
and also the financial problems he was having. So all the circumstantial evidence pointed to the fact that Scott lied several times since Lacey disappeared. Um, And that was basically it. Like, they had nothing else. No, it was all circumstantial. Granted, he's a shitbag by cheating on his wife. But Uh besides that, I mean... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, due to the massive amount of publicity in the case... um, June 12, 2003, a gag order was put in place on everyone involved in the trial in order to help Scott get a fair trial. Um, Which, I don't know if any of y'all were alive during this time, but oh my God. You want to talk about between this and JonBenet Ramsey? Yeah. They were literally on yeah. every single magazine cover. Yeah. Every single news it's story. It's pretty impossible. It was everywhere. <laughs> you could not escape these two things at all. So, August 2003, Judge Al... Why can't these people just be named Judge Al Smith? Judge Al... It's to Jero make you... Lamy. It's the same reason why he, he didn't want to compete against Phil Mickelson, girl. It's to, to grow you and expand you as a person. Judge Al Girolami... Judge Girolami ruled that there would be no cameras allowed in the courtroom, so I couldn't watch the trial for you. I'm sorry. But also good for that judge because yeah. like it would have been it would have been if we know anything about the Amber and Johnny trial it would have been a fucking shit show. They should have shut that down. Although thank you for not because I <laughs> loved hearing what Johnny texted about her. Oh my god, I have watched none of it. Oh, I it's can't. great. It's great. Too many things in my life. I can't take on one more. <laughs> So, September 26, 2003, Lacey's family actually filed a civil suit against Scott to prevent him from receiving any money um, for selling his story. Now, they must have had an amazing lawyer because, first of all, civil suits are easier to win. And that's why a lot of times you will see a family go after the killer when they are found not guilty in a, a criminal trial. But to go after him before the criminal trial is genius. Yeah. Because it set that president early. It's basically saying, like, we know he's guilty already. Mm-hmm. We're going to get ours first. Could you imagine if, uh, what is it, Ron Goldstein's family had done that with OJ? Free? Oh, yeah. I mean, and it, it sets the guilty president. Yeah. Like, this jury, this trial already found him guilty. Yeah. Like, this has even not even happened yet. Yes, mm-hmm. they did the civil suit first. Uh, that was genius. I'm loving that so much. I mean, and it wasn't just for like a settlement, like a monetary amount, but it was to prevent him from receiving money for selling his story. Right. So that right there, before the trial even starts, you're shutting off money for interviews, everything else. Yep. Mm, genius. But then December 19th, 2003... Lacey's mom, Sharon Rocha, she then sued Scott for over $5 million for the death of her daughter and her unborn grandson. And as executor of Lacey's estate, she also files two separate lawsuits, one for the wrongful death and one for um, survival action. So this family is like, not playing. We're coming for you. Yep. We don't know that what's going to happen in the criminal case. It's like their attorney was like, look, they don't have evidence. Not guilty is a large probability for you. Yep. So they're like, let's get him. Let's just hedge our bets. 
mm-hmm. and go this way. So at least you will have some sort of peace because, like you said, all all the prosecution has is circumstantial evidence. Yeah. So at best, their individual ter- attorney was like, "Look, they ain't got a lot. So if you want to find him guilty of anything, let's go about it this way." Yep. So January twentieth, two thousand four, they actually moved the trial to San Mateo County because you know it's hard to find a. Jury that was unbiased in America. I mean, I mean they the needed to country. move this. They needed to move this trial to like some Mexico? teeny tiny <laughs> island off the off the continent of Russia or Seriously. something. Like everybody knew about this. Yeah. case. March fourth, two thousand four. That's when the jury selection began, and on May twenty seventh, the jury was finalized with six men, six women, and six alternates. Scott's trial started June 1st, 2004, and it lasted 19 weeks. There were 174 witnesses, hundreds of pieces of evidence um, designed to paint Scott as a cold and heartless man. They pointed out that he referred to himself as a widower before Lacey's body was found. I mean, not looking good. mm Mm-mm. The problem with the prosecution's case was that they didn't have any eyewitnesses. Um, They didn't have the weapon that actually killed Lacey. Um, And Mark, he worked really hard to sell the story that somebody else had murdered Lacey while she was walking the dog. Which, you know what? Okay. That's his job. Mm -hmm. He's a defense attorney. But then they framed Scott after they learned what his alibi was from the news. Oh, Mark, Mark, Mark. I would expect something better from you. Such a high-profile attorney. Who got Michael Jackson off. I'm just saying, I was with you up until the whole framing Scott after learning what his alibi was on the news. That was a little much. That's where you lost me, Mark. Scott did not take the stand in his own defense. Thank God. That's probably, that was a good move. They rarely do that, unless it's like a Jody Arias where she's claiming self-defense and he has to put her up there. But, yeah, yeah. Th- which is good, because as you know, people will hang themselves within a second. Yeah, I wish he had been up there. So the forensic pathologist, Dr. Brian Peterson, no relation, testified that the bodies were so decomposed that a cause of death was unable to be determined. And the authorities alleged that Scott killed Lacey in their home, then decapitated and dismembered her body before disposing of it with a bag of cement in the San Francisco Bay when he took out his new fishing boat. Dr. Peterson, the pathologist, um, speculated it was possible that Lacey died of strangulation or smothering, but wouldn't um, have left behind, but, sorry, which wouldn't have left behind forensic evidence. It is also unknown if Connor was born alive or if the fetus died before leaving her body. Like, after she died. It came out. Yeah. Yeah. So, Scott denied all of these allegations, and he even cried in court when the autopsy photos were shown. So, I mean, he could just be a sociopath. (laughs) Yeah. He could be. Or he could not have done it. Um... After the seventh day of deliberation that involved the replacement of two jurors, one of the jurors was dismissed for discussing media coverage of the case with his girlfriend per their own admission. 
Scott was convicted of first-degree murder of Lacey and second-degree murder of Connor on November 12, 2004, and Judge Alfred A. DeLucci sentenced him to the death penalty on March 16, 2005. So a judge ruled that Lacey's insurance, um, life insurance policy of $250,000 would go to her mom in October 2005. So he didn't even get her life insurance money. Like, what was the point of all of this? Right. In April 2009, Lacey's parents decided to drop their wrongful death lawsuit against Scott. I mean, I guess they decided they've taken enough. I don't think there would ever be enough for me, but... Or maybe they were just tired of fighting and litigation Mm -hmm. for that many years god it was 2003 to nine yeah six years they just wanted to like (sighs) be done with it grieve you know yeah not publicly anymore yep so scott wasn't gonna go to the injection chamber quietly he filed for an appeal and in august 2017 the attorney general's office in a 150 page document cited the and i quote Overwhelming evidence that Scott murdered his wife and child in 2002. Some of the evidence included, and I'm quoting, his expressed wonderlust and desire to be responsibility free, which he conveyed to his mistress as the birth of his son neared, buying a boat mere weeks before Lacey's disappearance, fishing with the wrong gear, Christmas Eve morning and inclement weather, superior trips to the marina in various rented vehicles after Lacey's disappearance, lies to friends and family concerning his whereabouts, the sale of Lacey's car and inquiring about selling their home, including furnishings, subscribing to porn while the the search was going on. I'm sorry, all these things sound like a normal, regular, suburban house husband to me. All of these things. The dude buys a boat. The dude goes out fishing, you know, because he's like, oh, I gotta get away from my family. He porn very regular. That's a that's a regular thing people do. Like all these things don't mean you're a murderer. Well, to all me. these things happened after Lacey disappeared. But he had the boat pre Lacey because he allegedly put her body in the boat and then put the put right, the body he, in the in the body of water. But they're saying he bought the boat just a couple of weeks before she disappeared. Like it was oh, like a like a. Premeditation. Premeditation, okay. Uh-huh. Um, let's see, what else is there? Um, Lacey and Connor's bodies washing ashore, not far from Scott's location on the bay. The condition of the bodies correlated with the timing of Lacey's disappearance. Well, yeah. Well, Hello. Uh, yeah. Um, Scott's um, disguised appearance and possession of survival gear and copious amounts of cash at the time of his arrest. So, 150 pages of that. August 2020, the California Supreme Court ruled that the jurors were not properly screened for bias regarding the death penalty. The prosecution declined declined to pursue the death penalty again for a second time, partially in part to spare Lacey's family the trauma of yet another trial. So in December 2021, Scott was resentenced to life in prison without parole And in February 2022, proceedings began to determine if Scott is eligible for a new trial based on jury misconduct. So March 2022, Scott's attorney claimed that they were having trouble getting in touch with Scott while in prison. I mean, it's a pandemic. Even in prison. Yeah. I'm just... 
saying. Yeah. So the hearings in regards to Germans' conduct claims concluded, um, but the proceedings will continue through June 29th, 2022. When this the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the California Supreme Court judge and Christine Maldulio will accept the submission for a decision at yet another date. So if Scott gets a new trial, his attorneys will present new evidence to the court that burglars were in the vicinity of the day Lacey went missing, as well as a witness who claimed to have seen Lacey alive that day. And they will also submit evidence alleging that Connor survived, and I'm quoting, at least another five or six days after they went missing. Amber also agreed to testify if Scott gets a new trial because she loves the media. And as it stands right now, it's unknown if Scott is even going to get that new trial. Um, But let's see, why would Scott get a new trial? You want to know why? So it seems that juror number seven from the original trial, Rochelle Nice or Nice, and I'm outing her because she loves the media as well. Mm. She's even written a book, or she was one of the several jurors that wrote a book. And she was nicknamed Strawberry Shortcake for her bright red hair. <laughs> I'm just going to call her Strawberry for that. Perfect. <clears throat> so Strawberry has been accused of lying on her bias on her jury questionnaire, specifically when asked if she was ever a victim of a crime or involved in a lawsuit. Oh, girl, don't do that. Strawberry failed to disclose that in 2000, she had a restraining order against her then-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. This is getting a little dicey with the explanations. Try to follow along here, okay? Restraining order against her current boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. Got it. Alleging that at the time, the woman's threat made Strawberry, and I'm quoting, really fear for her unborn child. Strawberry was also accused of not disclosing that she accused her boyfriend of beating her in 2001. In a sworn declaration, Strawberry claimed that she didn't see herself as a victim, nor did she consider a restraining order to be a lawsuit. Well, Mm. it's not a lawsuit but it's still legal proceedings so you're supposed to disclose all of it sure you need to like that's the way they say do you have any come on girl so strawberry's attorney told the ap and i quote most of the substance of the questionnaire is correct but not all and some of it is a matter of how you interpret stuff and that her sworn declaration was and i quote more assertive So she didn't lie due to semantics. Okay, cool. Got it. I mean, I agree. Maybe they could reword the questions besides just lawsuits, say legal proceedings, just because that way it includes everything. Lawsuits, like that, restraining orders, whatever. Orders of protection. Doesn't matter. The point is that you need to disclose all of that because then this crap won't happen. I'm pretty sure that she not that stupid. I'm just saying. So in February... 2022 in court strawberry said that her then boyfriend didn't actually threaten her unborn baby saying she was being spiteful and she wasn't going to do oh that her 
then-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend didn't actually threaten her unborn baby, saying she was just being spiteful. She wasn't going to deliberately hurt my child, but if we fought and rolled around like dummies on the ground, I was going to fear, I was in fear I was going to lose my child doing something stupid like that. Okay. So, now you're saying in court that you lie, or are you lying now? I don't know. (laughs) So, in regards to her ex, that she had the domestic violence allegations against, because, you know, that didn't really happen either, because we got to justify why we could still be on the jury, right? That we didn't lie on our bias questionnaire told the court that her ex didn't hit her, but that she had punched him. And when he called the popo on her, it had backfired and he ended up getting arrested instead. Bro, everyone knows that in domestic situation, the cops always take the man away That's from the, the home. Dude. Yeah. You dumb fucking cunt. Yeah. Somebody, it's the, it's a rule. Somebody's got to go down. Somebody We're out here has for to a reason. Leave. Someone's got to come with us. Somebody, even if they, the cops don't, take them to jail the cops stay until somebody leaves the property correct yep to de-escalate the situation somebody always has to leave so who's it going to be me or you it, they are uh, and, and they, normally it's the guy they always ask the man to leave the man always leaves right you're fucking dumb cunt you're lying so strawberry said the popo took her ex away because she had a cut on her lip that she says was her um, her braces that she wore at the time so he hit her on the face and it her lip got cut by her braces oh no that her braces just like because she was wearing braces like her braces just accidentally cut her lip that he never hit her okay but the cops thought he'd hit her and she was lying and they took him away okay and that's why on her unbiased questionnaire she said she had never had any whatever domestic violence against her because Uh, technically she hadn't if anything she filed the order protection against her boyfriend's ex because she was afraid that she would get into a fight with her. See, that's what she's saying. And, and, and her ex never hit her. She hit him and he was taken away. Not because he hit her because her braces accidentally cut her lip. So because she lied about all of this on her form, this is why Scott Peterson is getting a new trial. Yeah. 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 But she didn't lie on her form. Technically, but yet, (laughs) But technically you did if they're overturning a case. So, you know, there's all this is how she's explaining all of this. It's a cluster. But I think all these new stories to explain her old stories about why she didn't lie or lies. That's just me. Because Strawberry and six other jurors contribute to a book that was released in 2007 called We the Jury Deciding the Scott Peterson Case. Dude, I'm gonna tell you something right now. And luckily we have a podcast. If, if either of us are ever on a high profile case, mm-hmm. well after the fact, after we're allowed to talk about it, you better believe we're going to talk about it to you cunties. 100%. But I'm also, we're also not dumb enough to lie to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we understand, like, you could affect, this is the kind of shit that could happen when you lie on a form, a legal form like that. So, so maybe don't make a book like, that soon after maybe like hold off you know so it says it's undetermined whether or not the jurors discussed the book before or after the end of the trial because there is some speculation that they were discussing this book during the trial of course they are we expect humans to not talk about things 
as they're happening. I mean, I mean, you may say to your husband, "Hey, honey, I'm totally gonna write a book about this right. shit. This is fucking crazy." Exactly. But you don't talk about it amongst yourselves no. during the fucking trial. No. But then again, here's the thing: they they assume juries are people that are the best of us. No, that's why you don't ever want me on a jury. <laughs> and guess what? They're gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "She out." Right. Yeah. No, first she just, of all, bye. First of all, they're gonna ask me some stupid question about like, "What do you do in your free time?" I'm gonna be like, "True Crime Podcast," and oh, they're yeah. gonna go, "And what is it called?" And I'm gonna go, "See you next Tuesday," and they're gonna go, "See you next Tuesday." And they're gonna be like, "Ma'am, we're gonna go ahead and ask you to leave." Yeah, please leave immediately. Do you have any strong feelings? That's my favorite. It's like, do you have any strong feelings about murder one way or the other? It's like, yup. <laughs> <laughs> who among us doesn't? So the people who go like, well, you then know, those are the people that get on the jury. You know, uh, it depends on the day. Teasing. You know what? Can we, what, can we have an example? Like how bad is the murder? Yeah. What are we talking about here? Are we talking, um, is it a Jeffrey Dahmer? Are we talking like, Jeffrey Dahmer? We ate people, or just Ted Bundy, where he just killed them? Oh my God! Okay, uh, back to Strawberry. So she is also accused of being financially unstable and borrowing a thousand dollars from another jury juror, which of course she denies because why would you admit that? Um and. Strawberry and Scott have also exchanged 17 letters mm. after the trial. Mm. She claims it was an effort to gain closure. Do we know what's in those letters? And y'all get this to get a potential confession from Scott. What the fuck oh, ever? Girl, no, dude. I th- no. I think she's one of those people who Writes to fall in love with the murderer. Dude, seriously, she is giving very much, like, serial killer groupie vibes. Yes, 100%. Yeah, she just wanted to be a part of the mix somehow, yes. and she found a way to get on the jury. 1,000%. Come on, man. But he didn't follow her bullshit, and he maintains his innocence because he did not confess to Strawberry. She probably didn't do it right. <laughs> it doesn't sound like she did it right. Come on, she girl. Didn't, she didn't send nudes. He, exactly. He's an idiot. Send some titties. He'll tell you whatever you want. He in prison with a swinging dick. He want the titties. Exactly. I'm just saying. So Scott's attorneys accused her of being biased against Scott and calling her, I'm quoting, a stealth juror. Okay. And she was asked if she had any harsh feelings towards Scott. And she said, and I'm quoting, before the trial, I didn't have any anger or resentment towards Scott at all. After the trial, it was a bit different because I sat through the entire trial and listened to the evidence. And she stated that she was absolutely only decided the verdict based on facts and info presented in court, not in the media or anywhere else. So here's what I want to know. She said, listened only to the evidence. There was no fucking evidence. There was nothing. I was going to say, what evidence? <laughs> There's nothing. There's a hair. A hair. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. So, right now, Scott is behind bars for life. um, And whether he gets a new trial or not is going to be decided this month. I'm excited to hear what happens. This month. It's going to be decided this month. 
And it could all be because of Strawberry and the fact that she got hot and heavy in her panties for him during the trial. But. But. But there are a lot of people who think Scott's innocent. Mm-hmm. And I know that you might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to address that right now. Please. Because I knew I know you've been waiting to jump in I... this entire time with these things and these theories. And I'm going to cover them all now. Sweet. I wasn't going to leave you hanging like that. That's why I was like, I need you to keep your mouth shut. I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. So, there are neighbors who saw Lacey on the morning of her disappearance, as well as a witness who put Lacey at the site of a burglary across the street. Scott's sister-in-law, Janie, thinks that Lacey attempted to have intervened in the burglary and was kidnapped and murdered. The police claim the robbery happened two days after Lacey disappeared, in a phone call with Janie, Scott said, and I'm quoting, I wasn't the last one to see Lacey that day. There were so many witnesses who saw her walking the n- in the neighborhood after I left. The police failed my family. So, here's my question. He couldn't circle and come back and kill her or circle back home after he left and waited for her to return? I mean, he's all like, I left the house and then I never saw her again. We don't know that. I'm just saying. So here are some of more of the Scott is innocent theories. Because there's a lot of them, guys. Yes, there are. There's a lot. I didn't even have to leave page one of the Google. Yeah, no. I I can't imagine how many you came across. Conspiracy theories. If I didn't. We just love them. If I didn't cover them all, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I After like web page four. You were done. Yeah. You know what? Actually, let us know your theory. Because this is actually a really good point. Because this is a very controversial case. And I will tell you how I feel when I'm done with all of these theories. I got to put my reading glasses back on, though. Okay. This one con- this one aligns with Janie's theory. Um, so dozen of- dozens of witnesses saw Lacey walking their dog the day that she went missing. Scott's lawyers have condemned the detectives for not following up on these witnesses and leans. Um, and the release that a group of homeless people or men in a, and I'm quoting, suspicious van kidnapped Lacey. Scott found the dog with the leash, a leash attached, um, still attached to its collar in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Later, it was revealed that a neighbor found the dog running around the street and put him in the backyard thinking that he just got out. Yep. Um, Scott's attorney said whoever kidnapped Lacey during her walk might have gotten the idea to frame Scott in the media frenzy. I mean, yeah, why not? I can't with that. And this is, yeah, and that's where you lost me. But um, let's continue with this nonsense. They could have easily known that where Scott had been fishing and picked up, picked the same spot to dump the bodies. A plastic bag was found near Lacey's remains that Scott's attorney believed could have led to the real suspect, but there was no blood or tissue found on the bag. A detective said he noticed a, I'm quoting, decomposition smell, but it had been, but it had never mentioned it to in the police reports, and um, it was delayed for discussion several days of the trial, so really nothing came up of that. You just looked... Lo- you lose me at the hole. I'm going to frame the husband because I saw he was fishing on the news. I think it's more like if, let's just say someone else did do it, and then they saw the heat that he was getting, they're like, great. 
let's move on. You know what I mean? Not like let's frame him. It's more like no. let's just let this course continue. You don't yeah. have to do anything. You just let the news convict him. And then let's the prosecutors glom, which they did, and done. And you got away with it. Yeah. I mean, you see the news. You go, oh, thank Great. God nobody saw me. Yep. Moving and you on. let it ride. You don't go, oh, I'm going to go dump the bodies here. And I'm going to get no. the boat. And I'm going to... Because then you might get seen. Correct. That That's a dumb I just, way to have that argument. That's why I'm like, okay, I might have been on board until you... You know? Yeah, until that last piece. Because... I mean, from because what I, go ahead. If people had seen her, good, great. My logic thinks Scott left for work. She went for a walk, but he circled back around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And caught her when she got home. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. It's not like I left for work, and then that's the holy gospel. The sky fairy deemed it must be true. So. Okay, get ready for this one. This is a goodie. Someone Lacey knew planned her murder and framed Scott because they wanted the expensive jewelry she inherited from her grandmother. Oh, bless their hearts. Lacey's aunt said she had just inherited over $100,000 in jewelry from her grandmother's estate a month before she disappeared. Two jewelers confirmed they had appraised the jewelry for the Petersons and saying, and they remembered Lacey saying her husband would be happy with the hundred grand appraisal. Lacey and Scott had pawned some of the less expensive jewelry for a few hundred dollars, which the prosecution found weird due to the other appraisals um, they had in the works. And the jewelry stolen at Susan's house was similar to the jewelry owned by Lacey. And after Lacey's disappearance, her aunt did an inventory of Lacey's jewelry and found that a watch and a pair of two-carat diamond earrings were missing. During the trial, Scott's lawyers showed a pawn receipt for a watch identical to the one Lacey's aunt claimed was missing, but the lawyer wouldn't say whose name was on the pawn receipt. He just inferred that it wasn't Scott's. If it wasn't really Scott's name on the receipt, why wouldn't you say who it was? This is so fucking weird. Yeah, to clear him. Like, it could literally get your client a not guilty verdict. So I don't believe hmm. Scott's name wasn't on the receipt. Maybe it was Lacey. And then even if he said, okay, it's Lacey's name, then what could be inferred is Scott made her do it. Scott made her pawn the jewelry to get the money. I don't know. So maybe that's why he didn't want to bring it up because then he's like, and now I'm going to open up another wormhole. Against my client. So maybe that's why. True crime cat lawyer, Elise. Seriously, help. Why wouldn't you out who did it? Why wouldn't you do that? You'd have the murderer. Yeah, or at least like throw someone off. And I don't know. No idea. Yeah, I mean, literally, John Smith did it. Why? That would be like amazing. Yeah. In the middle of trial, you just whip this receipt out and go, my client is innocent. It was John Smith. <laughs> Fuck, man. I just can't. So, ready for theory four. This actually is my favorite. Lacey was abducted and killed by a satanic cult okay. who wanted her baby. Okay. Can we all agree? No, there are not satanic cults going around the United States. Sorry, guys. I know it sounds super cool and fun. <laughs> But no, there's not a satanic cult undercurrent. No, let's entertain this. In the world, in the United States. Oh my God. Let's entertain this. Okay. Okay. 
I'm going to tell you the whole story because it's great. Okay, in the beginning, the police got an anonymous tip that Lacey was abducted by a Santana cult. I couldn't couldn't type this without giggling. (laughs) Did Scott call that in? Yeah, he called his local (laughs) Satanic cult chapter and said, hey, could you, like, abduct my and kill my wife, please? No, he called in the anonymous tip. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So a furniture store claims that the police called him about Lacey's disappearance because they heard a cult was being run out of his building, and he told him he'd never heard such a thing. Okay, so let's say that he was running a satanic cult out of his furniture store. Hypothetically, he was really doing it. Do you really think he would go, yeah, sure, I'm a satanic cult leader. Come on down at midnight and check out our rituals. What the fuck? No, you don't advertise for something like that. So when the cops call, of course he's going to be like, no, I've never heard of that. <sighs> Whatever. When the cops call and go, hey, uh, we heard there's a satanic cult happening in your uh, furniture warehouse. Nope, nope, not no at all. satanic cult here, guys. Nope, and they're like, check okay, next door. Cool. The fuck, man, this is insane. So Scott's lawyer said he was working on a lead that linked the cult members to Lacey's kidnapping in a brown van. In an interview, his attorney suggested there could be a link between Lacey's disappearance and an unsolved case against another pregnant woman, Evelyn Hernandez, who went missing May 1st. 2002 from San Fran. Mm-hmm. Um, he said both these dates are holy days on the satanic calendar. And Scott's lawyers also brought up the 1990 killings by the Order of the Lion, a satanic cult that killed four people. Currently, three members are on death row, two are serving life sentences, and the police believe there were a total of 20 to 30 members total in the cult. In the 90s, while investigating, um, diaries were found that said sacrificing a newborn was the purest thing you could do. And the defense used this angle when the autopsy found there was a small incision made on baby Connor. And the evidence doesn't even show if Connor was born or not. So So it it could have been from... The being in the bay, getting caught on a rock yeah. or something. It could be a, I mean, literally anything. I anything. Like, I can't with that mess. Yeah, like, that's, that's just... But it, it stands to reason, because, like, as conspiracy theories grow, they get crazier and wilder and wilder as they expand outwards outside of the just, the center of the story. It just, I, mean, yeah. I, I just can't. That's a good one, though. Okay. So those were theories. Those were theories out there, so I'm going to give you the facts now, okay? Okay. Let's go with some facts, because that was out of control with the Colts. So, the Modesto Police Department had control over the Peterson home, where they alleged the murder took place within, within an hour of Lacey being reported missing. So, they didn't wait two days to, um... Report her missing. Who reported her missing? I've always wondered that. Was it Scott? Was it her family? I think it was her family. Because, like, um, you know what I mean? Because I, for some reason, that makes a difference to me. <laughs> like, who was the person who goes, by the way, my daughter, wife, sister, whoever, is gone? I just always thought that was kind of weird. Like, 
within an hour, like you said, within an hour, like I could see if it's like, I mean, granted, she's seven and a half months pregnant, so you're not going to be, you know, going on worldwide vacations or anything, but I really feel like it was her mom. Was it? Okay. You don't have to get in the weeds on it, but but I was just saying like, because that's a very fast turnaround to be like, hey, by the way, somebody's missing instead of going like, oh, maybe she's just at the grocery store or maybe she ran, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I, I really think, I think that's, it was somebody in her family, but for some reason I feel like it was her mom, maybe her sister, but I'm not quite sure. Okay. No worries. Um, but no, like to take their house like as a crime scene, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's so fast. Yeah. What? Why? It I don't just know. seems very odd because it's like, if you, let's just say you were missing. Mm-hmm. Pod Hubs calls me, mm-hmm. right? I'd be like, okay, let's just wait and see. Maybe she went on an errand, right? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we'd be worried as fuck, but we well, wouldn't, like, within an hour, call the cops. We would, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you should be worried as fuck because I'm either on the phone with him or you while I'm in the car from one point to, from point A to point B. True. Every single time. True. Maybe that maybe maybe that was another thing because from some one documentary I saw, this is her first child. She was very like um, you know stoked on it. Of course you are, your new mom, all this. But I think her pregnancy at this point was also to the point where she could do. She had to kind of not bed rest it, but kind of like slow down. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's why they called very quickly. Was like, oh shit, she does not travel this far at this point in time anymore. Right. right. Okay. So, um, the police department, like, they had the house on lock, like, right away, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, they actually did two extensive two-day follow-up searches, and they got no evidence from any of those searches, and there wasn't even evidence of a cleaned-up crime scene. Right. And there was no physical evidence on Scott that was signs of a struggle. So, the theory that Scott murdered Lacey on the 23rd, but didn't move her body from the house until the morning of the 24th, um, so Lacey would have been dead for more than, like, 8 to 12 hours before moving her body, you know, um, cadaver dogs, when they were going through the house, they didn't detect a scent on the house on the 27th, in the truck, or on the tarp slash boat cover, that Scott allegedly used to wrap her body up in, or on the boat that he supposedly used to dispose of her body. Um, There was none of that. The cadaver dogs didn't hit on any of that. There was also no witnesses that saw Scott moving her body from the house to the truck, from the truck to the boat, dumping her from the boat. I mean, he had to go from a lot of different locations. Yep, to make this happen how the police are saying it happened. Correct. there were no witnesses. Correct. So, um, what about where the body was were found? So, it's just... So, just because the body's location where they were found, it can't necessarily prove that Scott was the one that put them there because, remember, they were found close to where he went out in the water that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it doesn't necessarily drive um with that because dr cheng he used environmental conditions between december 24th and april 13th to develop a high probability of where lacy was where 
where Lacey was when she and Connor were separated from each other. Mm-hmm. And so the detectives assigned um, to search the area, they searched um, for anchors, missing body parts, and he put together the most skilled dive teams and used the most sophisticated sonar equipment in the U.S. And first they started off with like a quarter mile square area in the high probability area, and then they expanded to one and three quarter miles where Scott was fishing. But they didn't find anything. And Dr. Chang Chang, Chang finally admitted that from his high probability area, um, where that was defined, it was by Connor's trajectory and retracing him from where he was found. Um, He could not reproduce any trajectory that got him and Lacey back to the same place. At the same time, which they would have have to have been because Mm -hmm. he was inside his mother at the point, at that point. Allegedly. Yes. Because he might not have been. Which is horrendous. So, um, yes, Scott's a liar. Everyone knows that. But Scott was not necessarily the only one who lied. Um, one of the de- detectives lied to Lacey's family when they told him they had evidence against Scott when they didn't. He lied um, in his efforts to exercise exonerating information and misstating that what he was being told by witnesses. Um, but also, someone lied about knowing Ron Gretzky, um, that he was also fishing on December 24th. Ron said he was sure he told police about it in the initial interviews, but none of the police officers had it in a report or recalled him saying so. Who's Ron Gretzky? So he was um, just someone that was... Fishing the same day that... Oh, that Scott was. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's like, hey, did you see this guy out there fishing? Mm-hmm. And he was like... He said yes, right? Yeah, he says he's sure he told the police about it oh, in the okay. initial interviews, but none of the police officers had it in their reports, huh. and no one can remember him saying that. Huh. Interesting. So, uh, and there was also several witnesses who lied on the stand. One witness said had their entire testimony stricken from the record because she had sudden recollections that there were not only new to the defense, but the prosecution as well, while she was on the stand. All of a sudden, she recalled all these new things Uh, that nobody knew about. Okay, dude. And No. Not how that works. And so they were like, nope. Bye, Felicia. Oh, my God. So, it was also discovered that um, several pieces of information that Harvey Kimball gave the police were false. And there were several witnesses for the prosecution that had contradictions or faulty memories. So, really, we don't know what happened that day. You have to decide who you believe and what you believe happened. But Scott's mom, Jackie, passed away in October 2013 from a battle with cancer at the age of 70. Lee Scott's dad took Jackie home so she could live out the rest of her life at home instead of in a hospital. And she was convinced of her son's innocence until she took her last breath. Mm. Oh. Ooh, girl. You done opened up a wormhole with this one. People are going to hate me. I don't know. I think it's a good story to do. I, I... Are you ready for what I think? 
Yeah. I think you shouldn't have gotten convicted based on the evidence that they presented at trial. That was absolutely not enough evidence against the burden of proof. The state did not do their due diligence. The state did not do their job. I would have not convicted him had I been on that jury. Right. Because of that alone. Whether or not he did it, this ain't enough evidence to convict him. I'm sorry. That's where I stand on this trial. I think, from what I've seen of the, the people in the neighborhood who saw her... So this is December 24th. This is Christmas Eve. This is allegedly what happened. That morning, they woke up, they had breakfast, they were watching a show together. I can't remember what it was. I think it, it was probably one of the, it was, I think it was like an HGTV show or something like that where it oh. had a timestamp. Was it Chip and JoJo? It, no, this is pre-Chip and JoJo. I think it might have been like the Barefoot Contessa or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those shows where it's like, oh yeah, we caught up on this show together. Then... I told her, I was like, hey, I'm going to go take the boat out for a hot minute. And she's like, that's cool. I'll just walk the dog and just chill out here. And then whenever you get back, we'll do Christmas Eve stuff and then whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. Cool. So she goes out, walks the dog. Okay. Or or no, what was it? She mopped the kitchen because there was a mop with bleach water in the house, in the kitchen, which they thought was sus, you know, because they're thinking mopping up blood, right? But again, like you said... Not a blood, nothing. So that checks out. This is what Scott's saying, right? Mm-hmm. Scott said she mopped the kitchen. She did that. He got ready to go out uh, fishing. Um, she took the dog out and walked around the neighborhood. He left around 11.15, 11.13-ish with the boat, went to the harbor, all of that, and that's the last time he saw her, okay? Mm-hmm. She's walking the dog. Again, this is the documentary I watched, which, by the way, is on Hulu. Um, you, I don't know who puts it on. Forgive me, but it's really, really good. Um, four, five, ten neighbors, up to ten neighbors, saw her do the route because she used to do the same route every day. Right. Circle around the neighborhood like most people do when they walk their dog. Well, yeah, of course. You know, very common. And they saw her go the basically the whole route and there is a place on the route where you go through the woods kind of like a trail behind their housing community their suburb now apparently where they live modesto is not exactly the safest place to live it's a little bit it's gentrified at this at that point in time it's just starting to become gentrified Lacey and scott moved in right when that happened and so there were other parts of the neighborhood which were essentially redlined there's a part of that I realized I didn't read or got left out or accidentally got deleted. Mm-hmm. The neighbor whose house got broken into. Yeah. Across the street. Yes. Um, she was saying that there was things that were stolen, but there was a lot of things left behind and it was real weird. Yeah. And um, she was saying everybody knows that this isn't a good neighborhood. Right. There's a lot of homeless people. It's not... A lot of crime. There's a yeah. lot of drug use. It's a crime-ridden Very neighborhood. Very unsafe. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. And so, they're living in a neighborhood that already has escalated crime. Okay? Now, my theory is that Scott is a fucking idiot. And he literally bumbled his way through this entire fucking thing like an idiot. Truly, like an idiot. So... What happens is Lacey runs into the wrong person at the wrong time while she's walking her dog. They take her, they kidnap her, they do whatever they do to her, maybe not even realizing she's pregnant, you know, like, 
even seven and a half months in, you know, they might be like, oh, maybe she just gained a little bit of weight. And then they're like, oh, shit, she's pregnant. No, she was real big. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying maybe after the fact they realized, ah, fuck, what are we going to do with this? The baby, essentially. And then they just dumped everything, her and her baby in the water together. And here's why I say together, because from what I understand, a decomposition in lakes, oceans, bodies of water, the areas that decompose first are your extremities, your hands, your feet, and your head. And that is also what sea life eat because it's the fleshiest part. It's your extremities versus the core of you. So that explains why she didn't have any of her, those things on her whenever they found her torso and the baby potentially could have come out through, unfortunately, decomposition on its own. Um, that's what I think happened. And I think obviously they didn't take the dog because, I mean, why the fuck would you take a dog? And so the dog wandered back home. And then that's when the neighbor saw the dog, who was a, a, a woman neighbor. She goes, that's weird. This, I think the dog, it's funny. The dog has like a, a person named like Shelby or something, something like that. And I was like, whenever they'd say the name, I'd be like, who is this person? I'm like, oh, it's the dog. But um, they let the dog back in. And then so that kind of closes the timeline essentially on the whole thing. Then Scott gets home, bumbling idiot that he is, and he's like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then the whole thing with him dyeing his hair and everything, from what I understand, this is now, I'm going to grain of salt this, this is what his family is saying. Whenever he started to be looked at after he wasn't appearing correctly on TV, because remember they did that whole like, let's help find, uh, what was it, kind of like vigil? And he wasn't acting correctly. And he even called his side piece at the candlelight yeah, vigil. I mean, yes. This is what the story of Gone Girl is based on, if you don't, couldn't tell already. I think he's just a, so much of a fucking idiot that he hasn't realized that that doesn't look good, dude. That doesn't look good. You, He just doesn't understand that that's not what you do in this situation, even if you didn't do the crime. You're not acting how people want you to act. So fucking fake it, dumbass. Like, oh my God. So then whenever it looks like, oh, he dyed his hair, he has all this money, it's all this kind of stuff, he has a passport. From what I understand of his family, he was trying to disguise his appearance because the fucking media was after him so much. And I'm like, dude, you can't disguise your appearance. You're the most recognizable person on the planet. You have to get face surgery for that. So that's my theory is he's just a fucking idiot, cheater. Yes, a liar, but not a murderer. I don't know who did it. I don't know. But I don't think it was him. At least not on the evidence that they presented. Because him being so so much of an idiot, he would have left a lot of evidence. A ton. There would have been stuff everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because I really think he did it. How? Where? Where the fuck? And the other thing is, his boat is like a one, maybe two person boat. It's like a... It's a little boat. It's like a bass, bass fishing type boat. It's not like... Well, yeah. I don't know how he did it. I just know he did it. Because here's the other thing is that's the other th Like, so you have a body, which is dead weight, and she weighs more right now, having a baby plus the baby weight and all the everything, than she, around around the, the same weight as a man at that point, right? So he I has to throw I a man's weight body overboard without him capsizing his own Maybe he did and flipped the boat back over. I don't know how he did it. I'm just saying I think he did it. Okay. that's. I like that we stand on both sides, though. Because now we want to know from y'all what you think. I've always... This one... 
I saw when I was younger and I was like interested in it. But then I was like, at the time I was like, oh yeah, that guy definitely did it. Then after like watching and reading about it, I was like, wait a minute, wait, they didn't have enough to even convict this guy. I really think the cops were under a lot of pressure because of the media attention. They had to close the case quick. So they're like, fine, let's just look at the guy. Let's just pin enough on him to try to get him convicted. And let's just move the fuck on. They didn't do their full job. I did my due diligence and I told both sides of the story. You did. Yeah, it was great. You did a great job. Thank you. Oh, the debate continues. Somebody's going to hate me now. That's why I don't do these cases, because I don't want to be hated like you. (laughs) You can hate me all you want, guys. (laughs) I don't mind. So today I'm going to do a trophy dad that is another one that I absolutely adore, that I hope you adore too. You know I'm going to have no clue who it is because it's nerdy, right? You sure shit better know who this is, because today's trophy dad is none other than... Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Okay, good. I was like, don't tell me you don't know who Denzel Washington is. Well, I don't live in a cave. Okay, good. So, obviously, Denzel Washington has established himself through years and years of hard work to become a Hollywood elite actor and is Variety 500 honoree. So, let's find out more about him. I didn't know half of this stuff about him. So, I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Denzel Hayes Washington Jr. Mm. First off, I didn't know his dad was the senior. Was born December 28th, 1954. He's 67, which he looks incredible. I, how? He could be your dad. Um, Denzel Washington, the actor, <laughs> not his dad. He was born in Mount Vernon, New York to Lennis Lynn a beauty parlor owner, and Denzel Washington Sr., a Pentecostal minister. Why does it always got to come back to the, <laughs> that fucking cult, man? I'm telling you, but this is now, keep in mind, this is black church Pentecostal ministers versus white church Pentecostal ministers. There is a difference. Still fire and brimstone, but the black church is more God's love and the white church is more God's rage and, and wrath. Yes. Okay. After his parents divorced in 1968, when he was 14, he was sent to Oakland Military Academy, and he said that this decision saved him from becoming a lot like a lot of his friends at the time, who unfortunately are now incarcerated. He got a BA in Drama and Journalism from Fordham University in 1977, but, and you're going to like this, he wanted to attend Texas Tech before Fordham. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At Fordham, he played basketball and starred in some student productions like Othello, etc., the usual student theater, before eventually heading to graduate school at American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, California. After some theater work there, he made his film debut in the movie Carbon Copy in 1981 at 27, and then the TV show Saint Elsewhere from 82 to 88. And then obviously that show got very popular very quick. It was ER before ER was ER. Mm-hmm. Which was Grey's Anatomy before Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, extremely, uh, he started to become really well known on that show. And it was during this time he met Pauletta Pearson on the set of a TV film. And they married in June of 1983. And yes, they are still married. Of course they are. He's, oh, they're just so damn cute together. If you ever see him on the red carpet, adorable. They have four children, John David, Katya, and twins, Olivia and Malcolm. I didn't know you had twins. You have something in common. We're team twins. Team twins. Just like me and um, Amal. Yes, exactly. 
John David decided to follow in his father's footsteps and become an actor as well. And after being a professional NFL running back for five years. So did you know his son, John David Washington? No. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him. He has got, he has had to work harder, obviously, to get out of his father's shadow uh, in Hollywood. And he was, of course, accused of getting roles just because he was his father's son. Like, oh, of course you're going to get this role handed to him. So for a while there, he wouldn't say who his dad was. You know, he would go by like, you know, John David Washington and just, that's it. Like, oh, any relation? No. You know, so he would mm-hmm. just like, yeah. try. I want to get there by my own merit. I don't mm-hmm. want it to be because of my dad is right. Denzel. He was recently in Spike Lee's Black Klansman, an incredibly hilarious yet horrifying film. I highly recommend everybody watch. And Christopher Nolan's movie, Tenet. Denzel has said about his son and his family, quote, by the grace of God, he has had uh, such success so quickly. And once he got in it, then I was like, okay, now you got to go back and learn what you're doing, which he's done. In fact, they're on their way to Broadway next year. So he's just grown as an actor, my eldest son. My youngest son is a filmmaker. My oldest daughter's a producer. And my other daughter's an actress. Not that I'm bragging. So the whole family is actually a little bit involved in Hollywood. Oh, Isn't that cute? And I really can't wait to see more about uh, you know what John David does in his career because he's a really good actor. Back to Denzel. It wasn't long after his role in St. Elsewhere where he received an Academy Award nomination for Cry Freedom and then won his first Oscar at age 35 for the movie Glory. Dude, like, his career was literally like four or five movies and then an Oscar. Wow. Yeah, which is not, I mean, you've seen, how long did DiCaprio? It took, what, 40 movies? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, incredibly successful. I mean, obviously, he would be well-noticed after this. He went in to do Malcolm X in 92, Much Ado About Nothing in 93, Philadelphia in 93, He Got Game in 98, Training Day 2001. I mean, we could just talk about his career. Like, he's um, incredible. In that movie with Angelina Jolie, um, God, where he's in the wheelchair and he's the detective. Oh, um, Kiss the Girl. He's in that one, too, but I know when you're talking about where she has to go investigate crimes because he's uh, paralyzed. Yes. God dang it. Bone Collector. Yes. That is so creepy, that movie. I love that movie. It's a book. I love the book. Is the book book better? Uh Uh-huh. 100%. I will fight you. The book is always better. It's true. The book is always better. That is true. And I'm just going to real quick just run down his wins and his awards because there's so many. He has won two Academy Awards. He's been nominated 10 times. He's won two Golden Globes, nominated 10 times. He's won, nominated for one Grammy, nominated for uh, two Primetime Emmys, won one Screen Actors Guild Award and nominated eight times, won a Tony and nominated two times. His total award wins are six and he's been nominated 33 times. He almost has an EGOT. In other words, Emmy, Oscar, Tony, uh, Grammy. So he just needs a Grammy and he'll officially be a part of the EGOT list. So let's talk about the amazing things that Denzel has done. Starting with the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, yeah. He's a very, he's a spokesman for them and he stated he actually, they helped him through some really hard times saying, quote, everything you've seen or heard about me began with lessons I've learned to live by at the club. He's their spokesperson, obviously. And for those who don't know, the Boys and Girls Club of America's mission is to, quote, enable all young people, especially those who need us most, 
to reach their full potential as productive, caring, responsible citizens. There will be a link on our bio on our website. Feel free to check them out and donate. Denzel is very proud of HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and Universities, having gone to one Fordham, and has committed $1 million to support Wiley College here in Texas. 100000 of that just went to their debate team. So with this college being based out of Marshall, Texas, yes, that Marshall, Texas, we are Marshall, mm-hmm. that movie with um, our boy... Matthew McConaughey. That's right. Um, Denzel also started a movie about them called The Great Debaters. So he also has a connection to that school, especially the debate team. He has supported the school for 15 years, and the school's motto is, quote, go forth inspired. I love that motto. That's Mm -hmm. a phenomenal motto for a school. He has an honorary doctorate from his college, Fordham University. He got that in 2011 for having, quote, impressively succeeded in exploring the edge of his multifaceted talent. And he even donated $2 million to them for an endowed chair of the theater department and $250,000 to make a theater scholarship. Most recently in 2021, the U.S. Army gave him the 2021 Honorary Sergeant Major of the Army at the Annual Association of the U.S. Army because of his work with the Fisher House Foundation. This is a foundation that, quote, builds comfortable, comfort homes where military and veteran families can stay free of charge while a loved one is in the hospital. Oh, wow. Incredible work. Again, there will be a link if you want to check it out, donate, or volunteer some time. He's also up for another possible Oscar for his role in the Apple Plus movie, The Tragedy of Macbeth, which I cannot wait to watch. And like Queen Bay, I really hope I did him justice. Like, he's such a legend. I feel like I've just scratched the tiny little bit of a surface of Denzel Washington. I would truly nerd out if I saw him in person. I would just be speechless. Like, oh my God, it's Denzel Washington. <laughs> I just think he's such an incredible person. He's so kind. Mm-hmm. He's a good person yeah. and a phenomenal actor. Yeah. I love him to death. <laughs> I really do. So I just, I was like, I got to do Denzel Washington. <laughs> well, behind door number one, I have, oh my God, is he right here? <gasps> no. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I uh, wanted to take us away from Scott Peterson and I'm glad I did. I'm so glad you did, and he's way better looking than Scott Peterson. That's true. Oh, well, we'll keep you updated on the Scott Peterson case, because as you know, we're very, um, well, we, we do the Google alerts, so we try to keep on top of as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you all so much for listening to us, um, and as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.